Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Off The Bench with Jason Matthews. A look back at the week in sport and the big interviews. And what a big week it has been uh, with Badge and Sats on Sports Day. Welcome to it. Uh, we've got Adam Peacock coming up uh, real soon. Tino Fasua Malaawi, the new Titans skipper. Uh, plus the Broncos announced a new skipper during the week. It's this man, Adam Reynolds. Oh, intercepted here. I had to incorporate the Brisbane Broncos and the Rabbitohs. His little legs were running very hard that night. (laughs) Weren't they? Yeah. I don't know if he scored too many intercept tries in his career. He did play over 230 games for the Bunnies. Their leading point scorer of all time was their inspirational skipper. But now he has a new role, the number seven for the Brisbane Broncos. And deservedly, boys, I would say, he's been uh, given the captaincy of the Brisbane Broncos. Adam Reynolds, welcome to Sports Day, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. A little intro there was pretty nice. <laughs> Obviously on the other side of things now, though. <laughs> now, so much experience, Adam, of course, uh, in your career. But is it still daunting knowing that you're going to lead a team, a very proud club as well, um, in your very first year? Oh, I don't think it's daunting. I think it's exciting more than anything. Um, it's, a, it's an honour and a privilege to be named the captain of the Broncos. Such a proud club with a lot of history there and a lot of great leaders before me. So, um, look, there's a lot of talent within the team and um, we just need to put in the hard work and um, the results will, will take care of themselves. Now, in recent years, you've moved into more of a leadership role at the Bunnies. Uh, what is it about it that you like being part of that uh yeah, having that C next to your name. Yeah, I just like the challenge of, of bringing everyone together. Obviously, trying to um, you know work hard and, and strive for the results that we want on the field. And um, it's a role that I've sort of fallen onto into, and um, I've loved every minute of it. Um, obviously, there's the expectation, the pressures, and everything that comes with it. But I like to think I'm pretty cool, calm and collected kind of a person. And um, yeah, just I like the challenge of it all. Yeah. Hey, Adam, you, you, we all know that you'd never expected to leave Redfern and the Bunnies. How was how it? How are you settling into Brisbane? Are you, are you enjoying the change of scenery? Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, to be honest. Um, I, like you said, I never thought I'd, I'd be leaving Sydney, but um, I'm quite happy I am now. I'm enjoying the Brisbane lifestyle. It's pretty relaxed and casual up here. Was, um, the weather's always nice and um, the family's loving it. Obviously, we, we'll... It, pretty crammed in a small house in Sydney and you get up to Brisbane and um, get into a big house with a bit of land and um, kids are enjoying the, the move as well. Nice catfish in that river if you want to go fishing too. <laughs> Bloody full of them. Hey, um, now, I saw that, that list of Broncos captains starting with the King and Gene Miles and Alf and uh, Gordy Tallis and Coates. It's a, it's a great list and your name is, um, deserves to be there. Um, 
Very importantly, I need to know, is Alf still the shortest ever Broncos captain? or have you, <laughs> Has he got you covered or what? <laughs> I think I've got him covered on. Um, I don't know if he's getting shorter, Alf, or he's, just, uh, he's always been that short. But he's Shorter um, and rounder. Yeah, he's, uh, no, he's, he's a very good fella. Always, always good to have around. And, um, yeah, got a lot of respect for Alf and what he's done in the game. Now, some very good young players. I think one of the most exciting uh, lists when it comes to youth coming through the um, the grades there at the Broncos, Adam. And we've got a, a, a text message here from one of our listeners, Grafton Bronco, who says, who's impressed you at training? But most importantly, what have you thought of the young half, Ezra Mam, who you'll have a fair bit to do with this year? Yeah, his name obviously springs to mind straight away. He's a, a exceptional young talent. He's, he's a footballer. He's a, he's a naturally gifted fella and um, he, he seems to be pretty good at whatever he does. So, um, yeah, he, he's impressed me. Um, another fellow, Dean Mariner, he's a centre outside back and he's um, set the training field a lot a couple of times. He's a um, pretty impressive young man and I've never really thought about the young, the young players coming through at the Broncos until you actually get up here and, and witness what they can do. And, um, yeah, I've been impressed with a lot of them. Now, most importantly, I know great that you got the captaincy, and yeah, you've moved the family up to Brisbane in a in a big mansion somewhere on three or four acres, <laughs> just on the outskirts of Brisbane. But have you run into your old mate Wayne, who's now back in southeast Queensland? No, I haven't seen him. I haven't caught up with Wayne yet. Obviously, I've got a great relationship with him as well. Um, I spoke to him on the phone a couple of times, but hello, um, yeah, he's obviously pretty busy and trying to get his team together, but. Um, no, I've got a lot of respect for him and obviously can count on him as a as a mate outside of the game. Adam, this is a bit of a scoop. Do you know that uh, Wayne did a song with that international performing artist Adele? Have you heard it? No, I haven't. Yes. Here, here, have a listen to this. Have a listen to this, mate. This is, <laughs> he's unbelievable. Have, have a listen. He's good. Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's me. Hang on, Wayne. There you go. <laughs> it's rocketing up the charts. Exclusive. <laughs> oh. Exclusive. Now, let's go to a, actually a bloke who is one of the funniest guys doing the rounds, but he's got a very serious job now. Kevy Walters, um, in, as a, I guess, as specifically as a halves coach, is he, um, you know, helping you out in that area at all, or is he letting you just, you know, run your own race? No, he's been good. Uh, we've been bouncing ideas off each other and, Obviously, trying to make the place better, and he's look, he's, a, he's a very passionate person, and uh, he's got a lot of love and respect for the club, and he wants it on the up, and um, I'm no different to him. So uh, it's good to bounce ideas off one another, and and you know, challenge each other now and then, and try and bring the best out in one another. And he's been superb for me. He's been um, pretty easy to get along with, and uh, understanding of of where I've come from, and of, of obviously my experiences and. He wanted me to incorporate most of that coming up here, and he's just let me be me, and um, yeah, got a great relationship with him already. Yeah, well, that's great to hear, mate. Trials coming up, and then I'm not sure if you've you've had a look at the first round. Big surprise to you, play. Big surprise that you're up against. Yeah, you got no idea who we're playing there. The, <laughs> <laughs> the bunnies first up. That's uh, interesting how that one uh, came about. That's that's going to be a great great first up challenge for you, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm generally excited about the start of the season. I probably haven't been this excited for a, a long time for the start of the season. Not purely based on who we're playing, but um, just because of the excitement that's that's building around our club at the moment. Obviously, with the young players, um, 
you know, stepping up things at training and obviously the new faces that the, the club has brought along. And um, Yeah, you can just feel the excitement um, around the town. Obviously, everyone get behind us and the support's been amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm generally excited for the start of the year and uh, I've got a few trials to get through first, but no doubt we can um, find a, a youngster that's going to, you know, jump out of his skin and uh, put some pressure on us older blokes. Mm, now... I watched you ever since oh, through your juniors and I started calling with Fox Sports in the Holden Cup and I've always been really intrigued and mesmerised by your body ink, Adam. What was your first tattoo? <laughs> uh, I got my last name across my back. Uh, I was pretty young when I got it. I was, I was a bit jealous of my brother and he got a tattoo. He's a bit older than me, but as soon as he got one, I wanted one and um, yeah, got into it pretty young and Pretty silly of me to get my whole body covered, but uh, it is what it is. I don't mind it. What's your strangest one on your body? What's it represent? Um, I've got a lot of them that don't represent much at all. <laughs> uh, I, I tattooed myself in the under-20s along with a couple of other players uh, in the team. We had a, a WP on our on our hip, uh, stand for Wolfpack. That was a silly <laughs> idea. And... <laughs> Right. Ended up um, ended up going over over that with a, a flower that wasn't done too well. It was an overseas job and um, was a bit drunk at the time and regretted that one. So I covered that up again with a a, um, a Balinese mask and yeah, not too happy with that one. As well, so. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to know you obviously. It's going to be interesting when your kids come home from school and dad, dad, I'm pretty keen to get a a tap with my wolf back. What's how's that? Going? What's that? That's one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, on your t- on your yeah, tw- I'll be uh, your Twitter. Your Twitter handle is Rendiggity. What's the Rendiggity? Where's that come yep. from? Um, yeah, another silly story. There's <laughs> nothing really to it. Um, there's a song called No Diggity. Yeah, um, there's an R and B song from back in the day, and um, one of the boys used to always dream me up in high school and call me Rendiggity. So. <laughs> Sort of stuck in and just use that as the, uh, the tag, the handle, whatever it is. So oh. um, I've probably outgrown it now. I need to, to grow up a bit, but it's, it seems to be sticking around. Mate, love the honesty. You could have made up anything. Then we wouldn't know. We're not going to check your body or anything <laughs> like that. But, uh, hey, listen, that's why you don't go overseas, kids. Have a few beers and decide to get a tattoo. Is that right, Adam? <laughs> is that your advice for the young kids? For yeah, not very smart. Oh, jeez, mate. Well, listen. You got yeah, a premiership tattoo, you though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got the premiership tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. Got that on the body. So <laughs> hopefully, I can add another one in a couple of years. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, mate. Thanks for taking the time on on what has been a wonderful day for you. Being named the Brisbane Broncos skipper. I'm still missing you at the Rabbitohs, though. Uh, I hope you go okay in round one. <laughs> I reckon you should have a rest in round one, mate. Rest that body. It's a long season, Adam Reynolds. <laughs> We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm pretty keen to get back into the season. So, hey, thanks for your time on. I sport. think I'll be resting today. Well, listen, thanks for your time on Sports Day, and all the best with the Broncos. I couldn't think of a better person to be the skipper. Well done, yeah, Adam Reynolds. You. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Cheers, cheers, fellas. Thanks for having me. See you, mate. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. The ball over the top and the run of Martin Boyle is quick. It's a really good first touch. That's got to be a penalty. McLaren makes no mistake from the spots. Whereas Abdullah Fawaz, oh, what a goal! Abdullah Fawaz squares the ledger for Oman with a rocket into the top corner. 
nothing Matty Ryan could do and the Socceroos are stunned. Duke in the box, it's beyond him, Martin Boyle reached it, touchdown by Duke and Moy! Aaron Moy restores Australia's lead at 2-1. Under Alalawi, intelligent ball, Al-Ghassani goes down and the referee points to the spot. Fran Karacic with the challenge on Al-Ghassani. Abdullah Fowers buries it, sends Ryan the wrong way. And Oman are back square once again, 2-2. That was a good effort, wasn't it, from Mitch Duke? But that, unfortunately, is that for Australia. And Jackson Irvine sums up the mood. Two-all draw last or this morning in the World Cup qualifier, Australia versus Oman. Uh, to find out what this spells for Australian soccer. He's pretty passionate, this guy, isn't he? Yeah, well, I hope he lets rip because yeah, there's a lot of unhappy Australian football fans uh, today. Adam Peacock, uh, he works for The Code, does some work for us on Saturday mornings with Nick Davis as well and is a, a regular contributor to Sports Day. Adam Peacock, welcome back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good. How are you? How are you feeling as a mad, passionate Australian football fan today after that performance? Tired, distressed and annoyed. <laughs> Apart from that, pretty good, thanks. Something that I'm not surprised has happened and that, that's the biggest disappointment in all of it, that it, it doesn't feel like a major shock because it was something like this is coming, coming and, and now I reckon we're real outsiders to make the World Cup and they're going to keep, keep going and we're going to keep supporting them but the the plain cold truth is that we're in this position for a reason not because of a lack of luck. Uh, let's touch on that what you just said then in, in relation to this has been coming a result of this nature why is that? Uh, just the, the the lack of depth in the squad it's like Graham Arles had to go and recruit players from overseas with Australian parents to kind of fill in the gaps of what he saw as, as major problems for us because our youth development hasn't been up to scratch in the last 15 years. Um, we rested on our laurels in terms of producing that great generation that got us to the World Cup in 2006. It's a, it's a long old story and it's been told a million times, but this is the, the end of it. Like we've, we've rode our luck the last two World Cups that we've qualified for and not rode our luck. It's like they deserve to get there in the end, but... That were close things, like uh, the, the goal for Josh Kennedy in 2013 against Iraq got us over the line in the last game, and then we went the long playoff route to get um, to get across the line in 2017. So it's never been easy, and now with, with even less depth, in my opinion, um, look, it's it's struggle, uh, it's struggle town to, to try and get to a World Cup. It's not easy. This is a hard confederation. I don't think a lot of people, general sporting fans, realise how difficult it is, and. Yeah, third position is totally what we deserve at the moment. We've only taken six points from a possible five games. So it's six points from possible 18, the last, uh, possible 15 in these last games. And it's due to the fact that Graham Arnold has like, kind of not struggled to fill a squad, but that there is a noticeable lack of depth, especially in key areas. So you're not... Um, you know, I was kind of of the belief that it was the Aussie side it is good enough and are just underperforming, but um, you're... you're kind of saying, no, we just haven't got the depth. How, how do they fix that, Adam? Is there, is there an easy fix or is there a, you know, a long-term solution, do you think, for this? No, no, there's not an easy fix for something like this. It's, it's going to take uh, a lot of political upheaval in the game and, and pushing over some walls that exist because everyone has their, their little patch that they look after. And look, 
I'll put it this way, there's, there's four different entities which are involved with the production of young footballers in this country. It's the, the, the head body, the FFA, the state federations, the A-League clubs, and then the local NPL clubs around the place. And they all have a, a, a say in getting an elite footballer from a certain level to a top level and getting them through that production line seems at the moment a lot harder than it needs to be in terms of games played for 16 to 19 year olds which is a key factor in developing players and making them ready for senior football so then they can go and play A-League football get sold overseas and further their career that way or go straight away when they're 17 or whatever like that so yeah it's, it, there's no quick fix but the, I mean back to your, your first point there about like it's it's not all about the coach look Graham Arnold's made mistakes and tactically we've We've been shown up in, in little bits and pieces, but that's the pressure of not having a, mm. a strong development system. That's the, the pressure gets put on making those mistakes. It those mistakes become like little things become big things by virtue of the fact that you're under pressure all the way all the time to try and you know keep up with what's around you in this confederation. So, you're do you believe he's still the right person to to coach the team, uh, Graham Arnold? Or well, at the yeah, at the, these next two games. It's, well, it's too late. They won't find anyone. And, yeah, he, no. he is the right guy. Uh, say we get out of this and, and get to, say, a couple of playoffs in, in June, it probably remains. Oh, whether or not he's the right guy for the World Cup remains to be said. I think they'll stick with him. Um, one way or another, he won't be around after the World Cup. I think he wants to go back into club football, which is fair enough. And yep. that's that eternal frustration of only working eight weeks a year with, with players. It, there's a lot more other stuff to do as national team coach. So... Yeah, it, it will be a parting of a ways in one way or another in 2022, but I would be surprised if it's a sacking. When you talk about depth, Adam, and, and it's got to be a it's got to be a long term solution when you look at uh, depth and, and trying to build a lot of those uh, participation numbers. Those that, at that entry level age, six through to ten years of age, when when you start thinking about playing some sport, is NRL and AFL. Well, are they, I suppose, abducting a lot of those kids when it comes to um, which sport they play instead of and football being third choice. No, I, I still think I still think it's the safest option of those three, mm. and that's always going to be a factor. And it, it is a good sport to give yourself a base in terms of gross motor skills and you know teamwork and all of those things. So, uh, one obvious problem is the fact that the fees are, are pretty high. Like the other two sports, there can really, really subsidise their the junior fees um, with the TV rights and the top-down funding, whereas opposed to football, which feels like still it's a, it's a bottom-up funded sport. So the, the, the pillar is the fact that there's so many people playing and the registrations, they take a, like a tall $14 slice, the FFA, out of every registration. So I, I still think it'll be strong there. I, I just My big thing is the, the um, pathway for a kid that shows promise and then helping them through that pathway at the moment, it feels like I'm a big believer in the fact that if you want a good ecosystem for your football, you look at what is best for the elite or the, the very good 18-year-old. Mm. And at the moment, it feels like there's club, there's federations, there's all these people saying, oh, no, we're a bit important too, we're important too. And that 18-year-old that quality player isn't put at the top of the pyramid to try and forget. Because it, if, if you get that right, everything falls into place. You get you end up with players overseas. They're playing at a higher level. They come back and play for your national team. Your national team is playing at a higher level. You're getting to World Cups. You're putting yourself in the general sporting landscape, playing at World Cups, these big occasions like 2006. 
and the sport as a whole financially is a bit better off as well. You're tapping into that worldwide market of the, the transfer market. So, I mean, it, it, it sounds easy and it sounds simple that we should be following all this, but there's a lot more... It, it, the political landscape in Australian football is like a drop bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, you can, see, you can see why it's difficult for some too, Adam, because, you know, if that uh, system that you're talking about, um, you know, becomes a lot more likely for those young players, that's at the expense of the, the strength of the A-League and, and a lot of the, that's what the clubs want. They want those players uh, to stay, don't they, as yeah, long as they can, the, so that the A-League becomes a better competition and, and, uh, and there's more eyes on it and therefore more TV rights and it just it just gets the ball rolling that way. Yeah, I, I actually think that the A-League club, and maybe some A-League clubs think like that or, or whatever, but that is so short-term because yeah. if the A-League clubs are looking at it and go, right, we've got this... We've got this production. All of them have academies. Um, and we've got this production line of, of players coming off. If we can sell two or three, like Sydney this week sold their left-back Joel King over for a six-figure sum. That's fantastic. That, that's how it should be done. He's played 50, 60 games here. One day he can come back and play, but after maybe a good career overseas, six, seven, eight years, whatever, or longer. But it, it, it finances the club. They can pump that money back into their junior development so they can pay their junior coaches more or whatever like that or have, yeah. have better infrastructure at the club. And then it all it all spins off that. That's mm. how a lot of Europe look at French. Like we're getting into detail, I'm maybe getting off track here. But French football, their production line is ridiculous. And every year, every transfer window, you see these kids going out of French clubs for twenty, thirty million euro. It's well, like yeah. I, I had a, a explanation of a, a talented kid down in um, the club I was involved with at Manly. He's twelve years old. I spoke to one of the guys who had coached in a French club. I said, what, what, what would be the kind of market for him and what would they be looking at? And he goes, right now, that kid would be worth 300,000 euros. Mm, at 12. To sign. <laughs> to sign to a bigger club. At 12. Like, they'd have to let him get to a certain age before they could pay that Jeez. transfer fee. Yeah. But that's the valuation that they put on there. Hey. That, that's, that's, the, that's the system how we somehow need to tap into because everything else can springboard off the back of that. So it sounds like the system is broke. Before we let you go, can we learn from other sports? Can we look at what maybe the NBL are doing now? Like the the, the amount of players we're putting out uh, around the world, particularly in the NBA, to play the sport and, and the strength of the Australian team as well. Is there anything we can learn from that, Adam? Yeah, well, the, those NBA players, mistake me if I'm wrong, but I think the vast majority, if not all of them, have come through the AIS Academy system. And then they get that the, the, their elite players. That's a definitive pipeline of players. So the, the, the good ones from around the country, and some there are some outliers, and that's always going to happen with the development system. But they go through that system in Canberra. They either go to the NBA Academy or they go to the Centre of Excellence for Basketball, and then they can pick and choose. They go NBL or college or the G League over there, and then they put themselves in the shop window to go, yeah, draft me like Josh Giddy got drafted out of the NBL after a year with Adelaide 36ers after spending time at that finishing school. So the, the, the A-League Academy should be this finishing school for players to then progress and go, oh, I'll go play with men for a year and then maybe go overseas and further my career. But at the moment, it, it, it feels like it's a lot harder than it needs to be, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in football. Right, well, back on the Socceroos before you leave. Uh, assuming they won't finish top two, what, um, what have they got in front of them? How are they going to make it? <laughs> Two bloody big hurdles. Yeah. yeah, so we'll finish third in the group. So that then lines us up with a one-leg playoff against the other third-place team, which at the moment is UAE. So that And these matches will be over one leg played in Qatar. So neutral venue, instead of two legs like last time when we got past Syria and Honduras, 
their one leg knockout on the night. And then if we get through that first one, then we have to play the fifth place South American side. Uh, yeah, which at the moment is Uruguay. Oh, oh easy beats. Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, sounds like a very daunting task. We might have to pick another team to follow the World Cup uh, later on this year by the sounds of things. Adam Peacock, sounds like there's a lot of work uh, to be done at, at grassroots all the way through uh, with soccer at the moment. Thanks for your time tonight on Sports Day. We appreciate it. No worries, guys. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Big day for the Gold Coast Titans. They've named their skipper for 2022. It's a young bloke. At the age of 21, he was outstanding last year. He's already played six origins for Queensland and quite possibly... He might be the first ever NRL captain from Gympie. What are you thinking, boys? Are we right? Can't think of another one. Big Tino for Sawa Malawi. Come on, you've been practicing all afternoon. Fasua? I've got it. I've got it. Tino Fasua Malawi. Thank you. There we go. Guys, sometimes you stumble, you get nervous. I'm talking to the first skipper from Gympie here. Cut me some slack. Congratulations, Tino. Thank you very much. Thank you. So first and foremost, do you get a pay rise? Of course. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Might have to bring that up. Maybe, potentially. Yeah. Hey, in relation to taking on such a, a major role, Tino, which is more about more than just being a captain on the field and going for the coin toss, as you know, were, were there many discussions with the coach, Justin Holbrook, before the announcement today? Yeah, no, there was a few, actually, like, there was a few couple of months back where he sort of sat down and said he was looking, you know, putting me a captain. And, yeah, and I just sort of said I'd take it with two hands, but, you know, I wasn't as confident that I am now to get the job done. And, um, yeah, you know, obviously being captain now, it's definitely more confident. What would your teammates say about you, Tino? What would they say your, your greatest attribute is? And, and then when you talk about great leaders and, and Badge here has played with one of the great leaders in Mal Meninga, what would your teammates? Yeah. What do you? What would you like your teammates to say about you as a leader? Um, I guess someone that never lets them down. I guess, and someone that will always have their back no matter what. And you know, that's you know the type of person I want to be known for, especially in amongst our team. And yeah, I think that's big. He's not letting each other down, and not being the person to let your teammate down. And yeah, I'm hoping. Um, the boys see me as that. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, and, and of course, that's you know that takes time. Tino doesn't. I think that's how they they view you at the moment. But uh, have you had a chance to catch up with Mel? Having Sats just mentioned him, or had a chat to him about it? I see some some real similarities about yeah. your your backgrounds. Uh, no, like we haven't had a proper talk about it. Uh, he was on camp the other week with us, and we was just more conversations. You know, obviously catching up again. But um, yeah, he, I think he's coming back down soon, and it'll be good to get some advice from him and um, talk a bit more about it. Yeah, the, I mean, I guess the other bloke I can think of is uh, only a couple of years ago you were playing under Cameron Smith. He some uh, mm, yeah. he handled the captaincy beautifully, didn't he? Oh, yeah, I think more than beautiful. <laughs> he was very good, but um, yeah, he's he's another one I can turn to, and you know, someone that's got my back and I get some advice for. So it's good he's living Gold Coast too. <laughs> Tino, do you think playing at Melbourne at such a young age, making a debut in two thousand nineteen, when 
when what you're 18, 19 years of age, do you think that matured you more being around those those senior players like your Bromwiches and your and your Cam Smiths and your mm-hmm. and your Craig Bellamy's? Yeah, hundred oh, percent. You know, you learn a lot from the things they do day to day at training and or even when they play. And um, yeah, there's definitely things that you know I see them do. That I definitely want to um, you know bring in myself as a leader. And um, yeah, it's it's been um, it's definitely helped me out, I guess. How's things looking on the coast at the moment, Tino? I mean, not weather-wise. I'm talking about the, the Titans. How, how are you looking no, at this early stage? No, we're looking very good. We're looking very good, to be honest. We're um, moving miles ahead compared to where we were last year and all well, this time anyway. And, um, yeah, no, we're looking good. You know, the, the squad's looking healthy and all the boys are wanting to get better. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of positive signs here. I saw some animal-like training photos of, of David Fafita, he's he's looking very fit, looking very very trim actually for, for David Fafita. Yeah, no, no, no. He's um yeah, no, he's looking good. He's um coming to the preseason or his first preseason not injured and yeah, he's been flying. He's um he had a massive year last year and he copped it a bit but uh, there's a lot of things that he does that's quite amazing and um I think he's gonna have um one of his best years coming up this year. What do you mean by animal like? Well, he just—he just, he just looked like a pussy cat. No, he looked ripped up. He had an angry look on his face. <laughs> looked like he wanted to terrorise people. What like, sort of animal would does. that be then? <laughs> Bear, tiger, whatever it may be. Now, in your uh, leadership responsibilities, there's a lot more, like I said, other than going out and doing the coin toss and and playing on the field and and speaking to the referees. Obviously, a lot of other requirements. There's media. There's networking. There's appeasing sponsors. Yeah. Tino, you you ready for all that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. You know, it's um part of being a captain and you know, obviously there's going to be things I'm going to learn and it's good you know learning from a young age and well, only better myself are, are there any players there like senior players that you would you might lean on a bit Tino for for some advice yeah. you know during the game or, or you yeah. know, even help you out with those media commitments oh there's a heap of boys that I can lean on but um you know the first one I think of is obviously Kevin Proctor you know he's been a captain for a number of years and you know he's someone I'll definitely go to for help and Another one is uh, Isaac Lutley. He's um, he's been massive for us at training. He's been mm. massive for me too, you know, um, helping me with everything. And he's definitely one that I can lean on. And I know that's you know that's got my back. Kevy's not dirty with you. You take the captaincy off him, is he? Is that... <laughs> no, no, he's real supportive, <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> so, hey, when, when when did you actually find out yourself, Tino? In the, the announcement today, and and who was the first person yeah. you first personal people that you you called? Um, yeah, well, I found out, I think, yeah, a couple of days ago, it was after our footy camp, and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty cool feeling, it was pretty crazy, you know, I never thought I'd be, you know, NRL player, let alone NRL captain, and, um, yeah, it was, it was good, and the first person I spoke to was my partner, actually, and just sort of said, you know, I'm going to be captain this year, and she was just sort of a bit in shock, but it's, um, yeah. she just said, you know, it's something that I deserve, so it was good. Now you'll you'll mature into to being a, a natural leader. You're a natural leader anyway, but you'll you'll mature into being a really good captain. I've got no doubt about that because of your work ethic. But yeah, you know, Badger's talking earlier on about you know, have being around Cam Smith and identifying one of his great traits, which he had to mature into as a, as a captain as well. If you had to pinpoint from the inside looking out, and we didn't have access to Cam Smith, if you had to pinpoint what his greatest strength was as a skipper, what was it? Honestly, I think, you know, for Smith, it's just being himself. You know, I think, you know, there's captains out there that sort of get caught up in um, being that captain and think they have to change the way they have to be. And, 
you know, Smithy was always himself around the boys and, you know, respected everyone equal. And um, that's something that I picked up from that, you know, and he was just himself around the boys no matter what. And um, that's something that I want to bring into my, well, being a leader, I guess. And very, very calm under pressure too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mate, obviously very, very, very close with your family. What did mum and dad say when they found out? Um, yeah, oh, my dad didn't say much, to be honest. He just sort of said, good job, son. And now you're going to play good every week. <laughs> just, that's all, really. And, um, yeah, I could see he was proud, but he didn't give me much. <laughs> yeah, wow. And mum, did she cry? Uh, no, yeah, I think she was mixed emotions, to be honest. She was, um, it was a proud moment for her, but it was, uh, yeah, it was good. They didn't give much. They just sort of said, good job, son. <laughs> yeah, well done. There it is, the brand new Gold Coast Titans skipper, 21 years of age, Tino Fasua Malaawi. He's supporting a mullet too at the moment. Oh, not another one. Yeah, another mullet wearer. As a skipper, should you have a mullet? That's no. going to be the question. No. Or should the rest of the team follow suit? <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Hey, I'll let the mullet. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let you have the mullet. You're the skipper. You can do whatever the uh, hell you like. But, uh, hey, thanks for your time. Good luck to the Titans in 2022. And thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Thank you. Thank you very much, boys. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Boys, I'm going to ask you some questions. Mm-hmm. want some answers out of you, obviously, on this. I'll start with you, Sats. Which players do you think, or player do you think will make a big impact this year? I think the players I think will have the biggest impact this year. Luke Keary. Returning from a knee reconstruction. Yes, I think that's a Roosters, good call. I think that Roosters side is, they are red hot this year, I think. Um, Latrell, Latrell Mitchell, what do you reckon about him having that bit Latrell. of time, time out, missing the first couple of yeah, games? I just, and, think, I just think the time out also badges made him realise how important he is to a side. Yep. And again, it all comes with maturity, doesn't it? Yep. And I think Selwyn Cobbo, the young Latrell Mitchell um, look alike and plays mm. a lot like him as well. I think he's ready for a breakout season with the Brisbane Broncos. Hearing reports that uh, Joseph Suwali's in really yeah. good shape. Mm. And whether he starts on the wing or in the centres, yeah, either or, they'll probably start on the wing it, first. Because the Roosters, are, they've got a history of doing that, haven't they? With you know, Roger Tuovasa-Shek play on the wing while mm. Anthony Minicello was fullback. And um, and he's a, re- and he's, a he's already a big, tall lad, but I'm, I'm, I believe he's sort of built probably more so like uh, Israel Folau yeah. now. He's really put some yeah, you're right. Some good size on and he's going to be a, a weapon, I reckon. Mm. Is there a team that can challenge Penrith for the premiership? Oh, I don't agree with Joey Johns as much as I agree with a lot of things he says. I don't think Penrith are stronger than 2021. I think, you know, they've lost Burton, they've lost Kate. Well, they've lost some some real key players. And although they've got great depth, Isaac, T- Isaac Targo and... Um, and a few other players as well that will come in for those those uh, players that have left. I think the Roosters are the biggest threat to the Penrith Panthers. Well, they had a lot of injuries last year, didn't yeah. they, the Roosters, and that, that made it yeah, pretty Sam tricky. Sam Walker with another they, year under his belt. Blooded a heap of good players. And yeah, Keery Luke Keery coming back. Victor Radley just, again, going from strength to strength as a lock forward. Yeah, you got Angus Crichton in the back row with Tupanua. It's mm. it's an extraordinary side. But I'll, I, I think it'll be there'll be some challenges, yes. There are teams that can challenge them. Uh, Storm will be up there somewhere so we once keep, again. But we, keep, uh, we keep questioning the Storm's yeah. credibility when they keep losing key players, but they just keep finding something. But, but I am with Joey about uh, as far as Penrith and their their confidence and self-belief. It was already high. It's gonna, it'll be through the roof now that they've 
won that comp. Mm. Which, t- which team will be the big improvers? The biggest improver? Um, I'm going to say the Bulldogs. 16th last year. I think I got them at 9th. And I think um, I think the Dragons, who finished 11th last year, I think they'll make the 8. What about well, the Broncos? I, I hate to say the Broncos, yeah. I, I think um, with, with Adam Reynolds coming on board, uh, Tony Staggs, if he gets a full season, he's, he's such a threat. Young blokes, like you said, Selwyn Cobbo, Sats. Uh, and a lot, they've had a lot, a lot of ch- turnover in players. And, and the, a lot of those guys now are sort of getting their 50 games under the belt. I think they'll, they'll be much improved as well. But I'm, I'm with you, Sats. I, mm. I like the Dragons, given the combinations of a lot of those kids that they've played a lot of junior footy together, started playing at some senior footy together. They're just going to get better and better over the next couple of years. And mm-hmm. holding on to the ones they want to. Yeah, they've got Francis Molo's an origin player now, uh, Sua. Yeah, they've got, they've got yeah. quality. Moses Zumbai, who's a, a tremendous utility. They've got, they've got a really good side. Yeah, George Burgess coming back. Which team will be on the slide? Uh, I've got the Knights. That's I'll, always a hard one. I think the Knights finished seventh last year. Uh, they've lost Mitchell Pearce. Uh, they've lost Jaden Braley as mm, well. For most of the for, year. For most of the year with the knee reconstruction. Um Seventh last year, I think they finished fourteenth or fifteenth. Achilles, isn't it? Uh, Achilles, whatever it is, anyway, yeah. has done something. Um, good forward pack, really good forward pack. The Knights on paper, but when you do all that good work from the forward pack, how do they capitalise with not a a noted number nine or an experienced halves player like Mitchell Pearce? Yeah, Badge? I hope yeah, I'm wrong I'm, with the Knights. No, I, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, I don't want to be negative at this stage of the season, Woogie. Okay, well, the next question, anyone. I don't think you'll be taking part in. Uh, will a coach get sacked this year? I hope not. I hope not. I think Toddy Payton is under a lot of pressure. Um, They'll finish last one. Because they? they haven't recruited really well. And um, and the coach is part of that recruiting. And, yeah, he is – I think he's inheriting a lot of concerns I've had post-Jonathan Thurston and Matt Scott's retirement and, and Gavin Cooper. What are those concerns? Those retirements are the concern? Or? Well, just the inability to – you know they're going to replace – a player like Jonathan Thurston, but their inability to replace it with marquee players, what would be classed as marquee players. Um, I hope no coach gets sacked. I think I think one will at least, but given that's what happens in this high-pressure yeah. sport, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who. I mean, I hope, like you said, Sats, I hope he doesn't. But uh, I've, yeah, I've got question marks as well around the um, the Cowboys. Mm. Where are you, boys? I hope I'm wrong also because he's one of my good mates. Yeah, good so. chat. Good chat. Isn't it nice to talk some footy no, for one? No, it's too early. Who gets Never the too early to talk rugby league. Let's go Gary. back to why, tennis. I know, I know Gary wants Legends. to talk about the big A-League game that's going on tonight, but before I yes. do that, question without notice, who gets the spoon? <sighs> Is it the North Queensland Cowboys? No, I th- yeah, yeah, I, I think so. The and he Dragons is a mate are, of the show. The Dragons are the, are the favourites, the short price favourites to get the spoon. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I, I, to me, I think the Cows... <laughs> The thing, the, the question mark around the Bulldogs is, I think they've got some great attack. Are they going to be able to defend? Mm. Can they, that's the thing you've got to get together to, to climb into the eight. Yeah. Are they going to be good enough to do that? I'm not so sure. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. This has got to be, someone's got to be accountable for this. Oh, I'm going to t- throw one in straight away. I think it's ridiculous is the criticism of Meg Landing, the Aussie cricket captain mm-hmm. uh, in the recent Ashes test about her field placings. Uh, a few overs to go. England was starting to belt them around. They had everyone back on the fence. Uh, and there was people saying, you know, she didn't get it right. Do you know how many – she's 
been in charge, I think, for six years. You know how many tests they played? Mm-hmm. Four. Is that it? Yeah. In six years? Four tests. So they played one on, day. That's ridiculous. They play teacher. And it is ridiculous, isn't it? How few they play. Mm. And therefore, she hasn't had that great experience in the longer form of the game. Um, I'm not going to criticise her. I would think it was. Well, even though people were criticising her. She had other people to and bounce off while the too. while the game was actually on and they were pretty much a majority of the fielders were all outside the, the inside circle and England only needed a, one, a, a run a ball and everyone was so critical, it still forced England to try and Because mm. before that, they were, they were whacking them over the top. And Beth Mooney was taking catches in the outfield. Yeah. So in the end, she was right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my That's Ridiculous is, remember Australian Idol, the former, former host, uh, James Matheson? Him and Andrew Ginsburg, or Andrew the, G, wasn't Osher. it? He had the big eyes. Black black hair, yeah. So um, he uh, he has come out after has Ash he? Barty um, winning the Australian Open and, and having a beer. And he's come out on Twitter and said, uh, it's very odd response to an extraordinary win, absolutely, but we're glorifying and glamorising alcohol in this country to be normalised. Why do we need to celebrate God. with alcohol? Come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, he's been quite insignificant for a number of years and he's he's popped his head up and he's absolutely been sniping. At 9.30 at night, it's okay to... The glory of Twitter. It was just a beer. It's Twitter. It It doesn't matter. I know. It doesn't count. I think she got offered it by... Was it Casey It's Casey Delacqua. Yeah. Really? Well, Channel 9 put a bucket up on the which with James Bracey and she just grabbed one and Casey Delacour and Alicia Mollick grabbed uh, one. Here spons- come the it, fun police. It was sponsor placement. Exactly. That's what it was. It was. Oh, Can I go again? Yeah, go. Okay, it's been confirmed. You know, I love my boxing. Tyson Fury, the world champion. His next fight against an England by the name of Dillian White, who's a good fighter, uh, it's an 80-20 split. Get this, he will pocket. $47 million. Come on, that's ridiculous. The so, King. Who's the other guy? Dillian White. Who, I, I haven't heard of. Yeah, no, he's an English he guy. He's, he's held a world title So he's going to get $12 million bucks or something. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. He's yeah. not a TikToker. Didn't the TikToker get 100 mil? Yeah, oh, crazy. Jake Paul or whatever. Yeah. Something crazy. like that. Can he actually fight? Who? Like Jake Paul. Oh, I don't know. Just a swinger. Yeah, just a uh, swinger. That's okay. alleged, guys. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm not saying he's a swinger. And if he what? is good on him. out swinging. So. Okay. Toofs, Dave Warner and Pat Cummins are uh, – well, there's a, there's 47 Aussies have nominated that are into the – you know, trying to get uh, spots in the IPL. Mm-hmm. They're two of the 10 marquee players nominated. Yep. Uh, and their reserve is about $380,000. That's all. Come on, that's reserve. Because you know what they're going to get? Closer to or more than $2 million bucks. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's what they'll get in the IPL. Pat Cummins. Cummins and Warner. I mean, Warner hasn't really he – hasn't, he hasn't been hot for a while, but – But he can be. But they love him in India. Yeah, well, he's the, he was the man of the tournament in the T20, despite yep. Woogie saying he should have been dropped. Mm. He was the man of the tournament. So <laughs> he'll get a big – now, Come on, that's ridiculous. Elon Musk, who of course is uh, the founder of Tesla, Tesla and among other things, billionaire, he offered a college freshman $5,000 cash to stop tracking his plane. Come on, that's ridiculous. So this, this young kid was tracking his plane wherever he was. So the team counted him with a $50,000 offer and he got blocked on Twitter. Come on, he that's ridiculous. He had a pocket $5,000. Yeah, well, it's crazy. Well, I don't and because Twitter they counts. Yeah. Get, when you started at tracking and Twitter, you lost. Mm-hmm. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.